0: Hello and welcome to Mylon O'Neill Property with John Pidgeon and today we've got a really interesting guest. Kylie Davis is her name. She's a prop tech entrepreneur. For me, when I first started investing in 1999, the word technology did not come into the real estate game, but now it's merged together beautifully. So we're going to uh, have a chat with Kylie and, and really nut out what's going on in the tech world and how it's so important for property investors. So strap in, let's get this done. Kylie, welcome to the show. Hey, John, thanks for having me. Now, Prop Tech Entrepreneur is your title. Uh, let's expand on what that is and, and, and tell us a little bit about your backstory. So
1: proptech it refers to the technology that's happening in the real estate property and construction space. It's a pretty broad church. Um I am the president of the Proptech Association of Australia and which is the industry body that represents the technology space uh, technology in the real estate space. And I am a Podcaster with the PropTech podcast, and my background is as an entrepreneur. I've had uh, two successful exits: um, one in media, one in property technology. I had a 25-year career in media as a senior editor at both Fairfax and News Corp, and uh, and also ran my own business for 10 years in media. And then I went across to CoreLogic and had a four and a half year career with CoreLogic trying to work out what the stories were inside their data uh, as head of um, real estate solutions. So that's how I got exposed to all of the tech that was going on in the space, how it was tying into real estate and got really curious about how the data was working and the future of real estate.
0: Yeah, amazing. So it's not your first rodeo. Let's put it that way. But I just want to get a, a, a an indication. Like some of us are property investors, um, passionate about real estate, and then we delve into other other fields. Uh, what was it for you? Was it technology first, and then property second, or was it did they go hand in hand? You mentioned about your time at CoreLogic Logic being intriguing for you, but uh, what's what was your passion?
1: So I'm really passionate about telling stories and my job at News Corp when I was there was head of real estate editorial. So I looked after the content about the real estate market that was going into 150 papers across the News Corp family or, you know, (laughs) across Australia. And um, the reason why we all now read so many stories about, um, you know, what the CoreLogic data says is my fault because I taught um, over 50 or Fifty to eighty journalists on how to write about data, how to cover the market, rather than just write house for sale, house for sale, house for sale. So yes. we we changed all of that, and we started to report on what the local what the local market was doing. So that so my time at News Corp was what led me to go into into Core Logic. It was I then got really passionate about the data and what you could do with data. And as part of that job, I started to see all these tech businesses that were making real estate easier because, you know, here's the thing about buying a property or selling a property. It is such an adult thing to do. And I don't know about you, but the older I get, I still wonder when I'm ever going to Properly turn into an adult and love the things that adults are supposed to do. Like, you know, buying a, it's homework and it's hard work and it's very stressful and ang- can be quite anxiety making. And the technology that's coming through now is really starting to look at those pain points and say, well, why does it have to be like that? Surely it doesn't because we're, you know, removing pain from so many transaction processes. So, so I just got kind of fascinated about how, you know, about the, The thinking and the innovation and the creativity that was going into solving so many of these problems because I could see how important they are to all of us.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I think uh, that the business that you created and then sold, Home Prezzo, um, you mentioned it it, to me. I had a quick peek on on the website this morning and it looked like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is still around. It wasn't sort of um, updating too often, but I got the gist of what it was. Um, someone's bought it out, and um, and you're on your way. But um, ActivePipe wasn't it? But ActivePipe, um, yeah. It, it looks call. It looks like logic snazzed up. So it's got video CMAs. It's got suburb reports, rep, uh, rental videos. Like it's 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 great for the real estate agent to come and grab it and then put that property on display for the public in an exciting manner. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh,
1: my, my co-founder, Nathan Krasanski, uh, who invited me to join him in the business, he and I met at CoreLogic. He's one of the country's best data visualizers, and he knows where all the bodies are buried in real estate data. He's very good at sort of finding and mashing up data sets and, and showing them. And HomePresso was quite landmark, and it's time because it made CoreLogic's data sets at the time were very dense and complicated and hidden inside RP data and, and you know, spreadsheets and things like that. And what Home Preso did was it visualised what that data meant to people. It told a story around the data that norm, you know, normal mum and dads or any old property buyer could understand. And so we had these different narratives like, well, what did you need to know as a property buyer or what would you want to know if you were selling? And the really interesting thing around that is that when you make the data simple and everyone starts to understand it, people have a lot more questions <laughs> than when it's yes. complicated and intense. So that was what Home Prezzo succeeded at doing is actually simplifying the data by telling stories around, that people around information that people wanted to know.
0: Yeah, which is great. I mean, that knowledge is power, isn't it? So the the more knowledge that someone can take on board, um, the, the more confidence they have in taking action. And a, as you mentioned, sometimes that can confuse you even more. But if it's the right data and you know what you're looking for, then it can be really powerful.
1: Yeah. So the, the, the rule that we or the strategy that we had when I was at News, which I think is really valid to this day, is that you know, the the property market is really, can feel very complicated and there's a lot of stuff going on in it. And the decisions that we're making are big decisions because of the size of the money involved, but also because we're talking about property and, you know, a roof over your head is like a deeply psychologically important thing that we, you know, that, that makes us either feel comfortable and happy or makes us feel stressed and worried. So, markets only ever do three things they go up they go down or they go nowhere and in all of those mm-hmm. situations and where data is extraordinarily valuable is people need to know is the decision they need to know what to do and they need to know that the decision they're making is one that they can make with confidence because they you know because it fits their plan you can't time the market perfectly. It's impossible to do that. But if you've got your own strategy and you know what the numbers are doing, you can make a confident decision regardless of how the market's performing.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. That's great. So Kylie, tell us uh, about um, any potential like emerging technologies that that, that you believe will revolutionise property. Uh, I mean, there's there's Core logic is you go to but it's it's quite an expensive subscription for for just a, a one-time user um, and you've got the big realestate.com and domain as, as your as your hostings for real estate listings but what's happening behind the scenes uh, in and that you think will emerge for the future?
1: Well, there's a couple of there's a couple of trends that we're seeing because you know data is the the new oil, although I think it's the current oil now. Everybody's trying to collect data, and CoreLogic itself is under a lot of pressure from other you know, there's data, other companies popping up all the time that are now doing data. Uh, And so there's lots of options now around who you get your data from and and how that's going to be delivered to you. National property groups out there, Domain and and Price Finder have have, um, data and also PropTrack, which is part of the REA group, are now able to provide you with reports and insights into how the market's going. And all of them are trying to make data available to the tech community to come up with new ideas a little bit like home I was um or to you know for innovators to iterate new concepts off what that data's doing where we're trying to get to as an industry um although not necessarily in a coordinated and organized fashion but I guess what the the goal overall is is that Buying a property should probably be as easy as buying a pizza in that you should know exactly what you're getting. You should know exactly what the quality is going to be. You should know exactly, you know, how it's being, you know, what, what stage of the process it's up to and when it's going to turn up at your door and when you're going to, you know, transfer it. So it's that end to end transaction. That's never been possible in the past because manual handoffs between people have been a key part of real estate. But, What we're seeing across the industry is that buying a property is, you know, innovation is happening in different parts of that transaction process and slowly but surely they're all starting to come together to shake hands. I don't think we're going to be completely digital for at least another three years, probably five, but we're making definite inroads into how, how that transaction you know, moves step to step so that it can be done completely digitally and we can have full transparency over it.
0: Yeah, so when you say completely digital... What needs to be removed from the industry for that to happen? Is that like the, the conveyancing? Is it real estate signboards? Like what, what, what is it? What, what, where are we taking it to?
1: Look, I don't think we ever want to get rid of real estate signboards. I love them because I love knowing who in my local area as I go for a walk is going to be selling. But so it's not about completely getting rid of in real life. I think that's what COVID taught us, right? Is that we can be completely digital, but it's a bit miserable and we all feel a bit isolated. So there's things that we do that are real life things that are lovely. But at the moment and for the last sort of 20 years, you've been able to go online and look for a property. And then you've had to go physically into the property and inspect it. And then you've had to physically call the agent to make the offer. And then you've had to... Call five other people to organise a pest inspection in time for the, you know, to for the uh, handoff, and then you've had to talk to your conveyancer or talk to your fine. All of these things have all been done with you in the middle, coordinating the phone calls to bring all the things together, and chasing your agent yes. when they haven't offered anything for you, and you know, uh, chasing your conveyancer or your conveyancer chasing you or chasing the bank, or so you the you know you've been central in all of that. And maybe you were doing some of that over email, maybe you were doing um, bits of it in a digital space, but usually it's the person joining all the dots together between the tech. Where we're going to is that, well, from the time that you log on to realestate.com or domain.com and start to look at property that you like, or even before that going even higher up, the fact that you're doing things maybe inside Facebook or Instagram, like clicking on photos of properties or... And the you know the algorithms start to build up a pattern that hey you're looking at properties Mm. that are two bedroom apartments in areas that clearly have good rental returns or you know are very you know investor centric so the algorithms are going to start to make assessments about you and then start to serve you information that might be the ideal property for you before you've even necessarily got to that point to, of going online and searching certainly once you go online and search for it or click on it and start to look at it that confirms to the algorithms that yes you are desperate definitely interested and then the more behavior you you exhibit it starts to rank how interested you are, or or how you know what your propensity is to buy or sell, and so from there it puts you in touch with agents or it helps you negotiate. There's some really cool tech out there at the moment, um, which solves one of the problem, the biggest complaints buyers have about a transact about negotiating with a real estate agent is that well he he or she never got back to me. I would have bought it for mm-hmm. more than that, and they never bloody returned my phone call. You know, like so, um, because it. it <laughs> Because humans are bottlenecks in in busy spaces and real estate's a busy space. So so you know, we're seeing offer technology, open, market buy, rezo, there's a whole bunch of them out there where which agents are using to basically capture and make transparent all of the offers that are coming in and the and the conditions that are being attached to them so that people can put their best foot forward when they want to um, make an offer and know if they've been. Outbid or, you know, out negotiated in a way so that they can then come back and make another one, but everyone can see it and especially the seller can see it. We're also, visibility. yeah, visibility, transparency is really, really key. And then when you get to the, okay, I'm ready to, I, I, my offer's successful and I've been, um, and we're, we've now bought this place. You know, we're seeing technology that's connected. You know, PEXA does the settlement stage of it, but you've got all the yes. conveyancing that goes on in the lead up to that. And that's, you know, and that's, you know, back a lot of backwards and forwards in too. So you've, we're starting to see the technology coming out that is digitizing that space because you should never ever send your bank account details over email. Please don't anyone do that. If you get asked to do that, say no, thank you, and do do that as a phone call. Like yes. security 101, do not ever do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's- it's really important and what I'm hearing is the human interaction and the importance of it will never go away. It just makes the human more efficient because of technology and I was sitting down with one of our marketing guys yesterday and he was running me through some, some AI stuff that we can do in the in the marketing space and that just blows my mind as to how much we can get done in such a short time frame because now of, of AI and I want to talk to you about that after the break. Um, but call me an old stick. For, um, for 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 relu- reluctance to change, but I want the real estate agent to ring me back and say, "Look, thanks for coming through the property. Have you got any interest in it?"
1: Oh, look, and, and and they should. I think we've come through a period of about the last ten years, though, where the part digitization of real estate and the heat of the market that we've we've had over the last ten years has meant that the workload of that though has not always been possible to do it to the, you know, and so... And so technology up until very recently it has basically promised more than it's delivered for every job that it's taken away from us. It's given us five more. And so yes. humans have been at the center of the tech bits of technology have allowed us to go harder, faster, more productive, more efficient. And then they've hit a huge, then it's gone. And now we need you to do something human. And you go, Oh, okay. Right. Well, now I have to go and ask someone, you know, like I now have to phone the person or do the thing. Or yes, it's a lot faster for me to produce the contract, but I still can't get. Mary to turn it around quickly or I still need to, you know, talk to my client about blah. So wherever the humans are a bottleneck in the centre, that's where we hit turbulence. And yes. what we've seen is that, um, you know, there's been so much market activity that that turbulence has actually really impacted the service experience.
0: Mm. Yeah, it it's an interesting one isn't it the whole customer service um 30 years ago they would just replace someone with better customer service but now some of that customer service is being replaced by technology but the human uh interaction will will always be there which is which is fantastic. We're going to take a break and then after the break, I want to come back and talk about some potential challenges or risks associated with this new technology coming through. And then, as I said, I want to delve into some AI and what that means in the real estate industry.
2: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so Kylie, what are some of the potential challenges or or risks that investors should be aware of as a result of this new technology?
1: I think cybersecurity is the big one. It has... We are also busy and we're trying to do stuff fast. And so therefore our vigilance is a little bit off and scammers are actively targeting real estate and conveyances, um, in the process. Um, anyone who has a big profile online in LinkedIn or Facebook and real estate agents do are being are yeah. the target of industrialized, you know, scamming activity to try and cut into, get into their emails. So that's one of the reasons why it is absolutely so important to, Query every, you know, when you are at that point, that pointy end and you've, you've had your, your offer accepted and you're now at the transaction stage and you're about to pay a deposit or you're about to pay any money whatsoever. We need to be really conscious of, did this email asking me to change the bank account details of where I send the money to really from my agent? Like ring, always ring before you send it. You're better to make it a day late than you are to send it, you know, send $300,000 to someone in. Vladivostok or somewhere, <laughs> you know, some, some,
0: yeah, cause, cause somewhere Yeah, because as you mentioned, offshore. like it, similar, <laughs> s- something as easy as buying a pizza um, but you, you're offloading a lot more money than uh, cost oh, of a $35 pizza.
1: $35 for, you know, four pizzas from Domino's. Yeah, <laughs> de- definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but ironically <laughs> too, there's more security in the tech that sits behind spending $35 at Domino's than there is in transacting $1.2 million on a, you know, four-bedroom, House or something, it's it's quite crazy uh, the way that it works. But here's the thing too, we might do dominoes once a week or once well, once once a month, um, but we only do a property every seven years or so, seven to twelve years. So. We forget, you know, like you forget, it's not something that happens habitually, so we expect it to be a little bit more manual.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you said that, uh, I got uh, an email this morning to say that that CoreLogic had launched a, a new model that predicts property listings. So it's gone to that level, and it's called propensity to list. Now the word uh, propensity, you, you, you uh, mentioned it before, Kylie. It's a an inclination, a natural tendency to behave in a particular way. Like that is a, a amazing technology as to where it's come from to to think that, okay, I'm searching on realestate.com in a certain area. I'm already a homeowner. The the patterns that they're witnessing is being captured and being sent... to lenders or, or banks to say, look, John might be on the lookout to sell his property here. We better jump in and remortgage the house. Is that the gen- general gist of it for the end user?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, it, it's working two ways and, and it's because of the way that big data has changed and the way that mobile devices have changed our lives and, and being online so much over the last 10 years, 15 years has, well, especially in the last sort of five years, has changed so dramatically because we leave a digital data trail ev- with every client and every piece yep. of, you know, everything we do. I mean, even walking around with your mobile phone, you know, creates a data trail. So what those propensity models are looking at, it, it, they work as a, you know, propensity to list is, a, is one trying to find sellers. It's not just saying, well, we know John owns a property. It's like, we know John's lived in that property for 25 years and maybe it's time he downsized, mm-hmm. right? Like, so uh, he's, he's probably, you know, getting towards an age where he might be considering downsizing. Every activity we do is basically being by the bots, not by humans because there's too much data in this and this is too big for our brains and we're not consistent enough as humans. But the algorithms are now basically scoring that activity and the more points we get on different criteria means the more interested we are and the further we are down the funnel uh, and the more likely we are to behave in a certain way. What we're seeing from a buyer side too, though, is that you basically, you know, when you're looking at properties online, it's starting to build up. The bots are building up a profile of you and what you're looking for, and when that can be aligned back to other data, like how, you know, what your what your job is, what your likely salary level is, it, what it means for you as a buyer is that that process of finding something becomes less serendipitous, but in fact, mm. you know, things start to find you and also it means that that process around having your earning capacity or having, you know, getting your finance under control is faster and easier because there's more data points feeding in that are actual and real, not just you filling in a form and type, you know, putting in pen what your income is or what your, you Mm. know, monthly credit card spend is. They know, they know. I
0: (laughs) suppose for... Yeah, they do know, <laughs> they and do and, know. Uh, and some people, some people might find that intimidating and scary. And
1: uh, I, I'm never going for a credit card again. <laughs> the days um, that you say, "Oh yeah, I like, only spend four grand a month on my credit card," I would no, that's fine. Yeah, that's I miss right. Those the, days. the old checkbook.
0: Um, <laughs> We do miss those days, but we also need to embrace technology. Is what I'm hearing to 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 stay up with um, the latest trends, to be able to understand the transaction process. And and for for years now, you've been able to click on and, and search for, say, Nike runners, and and then five minutes later, you'll get an ad from Nike or someone that stocks Nike, and you've got a sale there. And you go to the checkout, and all of a sudden, you've bought them because the the um, it, the basically the, what do you call them? The algorithm. Um, what's the name's, the, the algorithm has basically followed you around to the point where you gave in with emotion. Now you're saying that that's happening with property um, because of your patterns of interest online, but also maybe to the point where the local real estate agent gets wind of this and, and makes a direct call or email to, to, to you to say, do you, are you thinking of selling, knowing full well that that's been your history online?
1: Yeah, totally. Because um, you know, because companies like CoreLogic are feeding that information through to um, through to agents to give them lead listings around it. I mean, Open Agent, um, another one that was doing that uh, was doing that. That was their business model. They would provide agents with paid for leads based on what they were seeing through their data. Um, we're seeing some really great tech though in the property investor space, where this is really helping property investors make better, faster more confident decisions around investment property. There's a great PropTech out there called Prop Hero. It was the winner of the PropTech Awards <laughs> uh, last year. And they have both a mobile site and an online site where you go in and, and it will help you understand what your investment goals are and it will um, start to help you find properties that meet those investment goals all over the country. So not necessarily in one spot, not necessarily of one type of property. I mean, you can say you want an apartment or whatever, but if you identifying your goals as an investor and what the returns are and all of that so, and how much money you've got to invest and things like that, it will start to serve you up property. And then if you get bored with that or you sort of have to go and make your dinner or something and you stop playing with their website for a bit and you then, you know, go to watch the telly or open up facebook later you'll start to find <laughs> properties yeah. being recommended to you in your facebook ads and things like that so but they also do a lot of um you know reports for you help you understand the data of areas help you write you know, help you work out that strategy that you want to achieve so it, yep. it's it's really data driven and and quite powerful um and there's a few more out there that do that too
0: Yeah, so the examples of Prop Hero, they're they're basing it on what you've been searching around or is it actually uh, putting research into what are the best markets to invest in? Because there's what we think is going to be the best next buy and then there's logic and research that says these are the best Places to buy because of X, Y, and Z. So a bit of both. So
1: you can. Um, it's actually been Hero has actually been created by um, some uh, Spanish boys who are now living in Australia. So that you can invest in Spain too, if you don't want to invest like Australia and Spain. <laughs> they, um, but they they look at. You can tell it where you want to focus on, or you can ask mm-hmm. it where should I focus? Um, but it and you, and it will give you the answers based on things like rental returns, yield. Um, you know all the usual criteria that makes a good investment
0: cool okay so this whole artificial intelligence thing um it, it's it's uh, astounding as to how much impact it's making in in such a quick way like our kids our 12 13 year old kids are are teaching us how to use it um which is is amazing for the future talk to us about ai in in the property space and and where it's going with that and how it benefits property investors
1: well, I think the AI algorithms are helping us. So, where AI is better than humans is, you know, it's very consistent. It's able to cope with enormous data sets that we wouldn't necessarily know of, let alone know to incorporate in our decision making processes. Like it's able to pull off, you know, millions of data points as opposed to just a cup maybe, you know, seven or eight that we might use as humans. Um, and it can do that very consistently over different questions, over different, you know, over over different areas. So it makes it a great tool for us as investors because it means that we're getting consistent information regardless of, you know, as, as humans, our brains tend to run down rabbit holes and think, oh, like, oh, maybe we should look at, you know, suburb X or, oh, maybe suburb Y is better. Um, and yeah. then you'll forget to compare suburb X and Y across the same criteria. So the AI is able to actually make sure that you're looking up the same criteria and providing, you know, consistent insights across the, the, the areas that you're, that you're making decisions about. And it can help filter them based on what you've told that your goals and criteria are, but it's running off these, you know, AI runs off great data sets, but it only does what, really one thing. And I think the thing I would caution about around AI is that uh, a great quote that I heard recently at the Property Council Sustain uh, Fu- Future Cities Summit, AI doesn't answer questions, AI gives mm. you probabilities of the right yeah. answer. So always be mindful when you're getting an answer from a bot that this is probably right, but a, but you should always use your human intuition and you know creativity to to, to poke it with a stick and you know question it further.
0: Yeah, don't, okay. Don't so poke that, the bot with a stick;
1: that doesn't work. But. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. And look, it's interesting that you say that because. First time users have some hesitation about it, but once people get used to it, it's all of a sudden a trust thing, isn't it? It's like I oh, can't okay, trust it. It's my go to, like um, Google. Like it's it's just a natural progression for people. So, what you're saying is basically uh, have eyes wide open when you when you're going in with technology.
1: I think trust is a really a really good word to kind of question a bit further. Like trust is actually a human. Thing that you know, thing that happens that happens emotionally to us that we feel safe, like that's why we trust. Bots don't feel like AI doesn't feel that in return, and so we shouldn't really trust it. We should understand that the answers that it's giving to us are most probably very, very right, if not absolutely accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but we shouldn't imbue AI with human emotion. We should always try and be a little bit clinical and questioning. As to whether it it does the heavy lifting, but the final decision should always rest with the human.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that that's what I've found in the, in the brief uh, moments that I've delved into it is that it does fast track a lot of research, and then you run your eyes over that research and and verify that almost, don't you, to then make a a calculated decision. But uh, yeah, there always be that that human content that needs to needs to be applied. But uh, so so for our our first time home buyers, like it's a it's as you mentioned, it's a once in a lifetime or, or once every sort of eight to ten years that they might transact in real estate. Where are we starting when it comes to the technological piece? Because like the the standard for the last twenty years, I suppose, has been jump on realestate.com and domain and, and have a look around and, and then like obviously podcasts with education and, and books and talking to people and, and having a good team of people around you. But where would you recommend someone might go um, in this space just to further their knowledge?
1: That's a great question. I think as first home buyers, because it's such a deeply emotional purchase, I don't think it hurts to go and check out some of the investor tech that's out there because that will help you. One of the things we tend to do in real estate is we ask our mums and dads what to do, and often yes. they're working in <laughs> often their knowledge is working in markets that are, or we ask a friend or family, and and I think. Uh, Eighty percent interest often, rates. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That's right. No, wait, you don't know how good you've got it, me, my young, you know, young man. Uh, but you know, when you're paying off a mortgage at which is eighty grand, it wasn't such a big deal. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so
0: that's they leave husband. that bit out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do leave that bit out. Yeah, my my uh, my husband lecturing my thirty year old son on uh, what it was like yeah. to buy a house in Balmain <laughs> oh,
0: <yes. laughs> in the eighties. <laughs> <80s. laughs> <laughs> have you still got it? He's done very well.
1: No, he hasn't. We sold it. But no, but we did oh, no. we did all right out of it. Um so I think look, I think if you're a first-time buyer, by all means ask you ask friends and family about what their experiences are, but actually take the research seriously. And it's not like shopping for shoes. It's not or um or a lounge suite or you know, this is actually an investment and you need to have a really adult business head on around it, not just go with your with your heart. Like heart's important, but you actually need a a good business head. So understanding how investors think about the property market and the the calculations and the maths that they're or the arithmetic that they're doing to make sure that a property is a good investment is a good piece of discipline to run past any property that you buy as a first home buyer to make sure that you're not going to regret this in a year or two. That actually, this mm. is this is going to be something that for the next eight to ten years we will live here and raise our family, and or you know we'll we'll make whatever you know if it's an apartment or whatever. We know that we're here for X number of years and we'll be okay. So I think some of those um, milk chocolates, another one. It's a, a strangely named uh, prop tech, but it also <laughs> looks at <laughs> it also looks at investing and. MRI prop- Software have another one and I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it, I think it's called Real Estate Investar as in S T A R. Yes. So all of yes. those, yeah, all of those sites, by all means look at realestate.com, by all means look at um, domain, but also ask your banks and ask um, and sign up for reports on the areas that you're looking at um, at buying to see what the property market has done. Don't try and time the market, and um, and then understand the calculate understand the the calculations, and and thinking that investors have when they're buying a property so that you can back up your heart with some really good data.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And it's comforting to know, Kylie, that the old fashioned research and and uh, the non-emotional approach to real estate um, hasn't changed in the last 30 minutes um, by you coming on here and saying, look, it's all, <laughs> all doom and gloom. It's it's all now technology. You don't have to do anything other than just go to technology and it'll sort it out for
1: you. Oh, look, I think actually the technology has made it easier to research. And the great thing Mm. about tech is that, and the great thing about AI and getting answers fast and getting good information fast is that it makes us more curious and it makes us ask better questions. And so instead of just getting layer one of information and going, oh, all right, let's make a decision now, we start to find it easier and faster to get much deeper insights so that our final decisions can be made with a lot more confidence.
0: Yeah, it's great. And, and look, we, we talk to our listeners all the time about um, having a strategy, a clear, concise strategy, have a good team of people around you, do your research, do your education, uh, don't rush into something like this because it is a big ticket item as we've spoken about um, and, and we're just adding these little uh, layers of, um, of technology to it to enhance that, uh, that outcome I suppose but uh, still stick with the basics and um, add this into our kit bag. Thanks very much, Kylie. That has been a, a an interesting chat and a wealth of information coming out of your brain um, on the south coast with uh, with the mowers in the background. Everything else, I'm I'm <laughs> quite envious. Morris, I'm sorry um, about just. That. <laughs> uh, And the kookaburras. Yeah, I was wondering if they're kookaburras or corellas, but there you go. That's even better. Um, Tell me, you run a podcast yourself. So um, quick plug for your podcast. Tell me what you do and how you do it. Uh,
1: So I have a podcast called the PropTech Podcast, and it does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, Every week or so, I interview a different technology innovator in the prop tech space, and we talk about what their tech is, the problems they're solving, and how it can help people out there uh, to make real estate building And buying and selling and and renovating, just not the pain points. (laughs) Pain, as painful as it is currently
0: love it excellent so all the tech heads can um, head across and tune into that um, so that's all we've got today uh, thanks for tuning in once again if you're liking what you're hearing then just uh, yeah hit us up with a five-star review we would be appreciative of that um, and any topics you want on the show as well reach out to us as well sort your money out and until next time Um, Kylie, thanks very much for coming on to the show, and all the best with the podcast and everything that you're doing. Um, You've been, I I suppose, around the traps in the uh,
1: in the nicest way possible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but you're still young at heart, and uh, yeah. But I appreciate you coming on today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, John. It's been fun.